Hello, I'm Rob Walker. And I'm Emily Eccles. And this is the brand new Civil Service Pensions podcast. We work for MyCSP, the Scheme Administrator for Civil Service Pensions. We're communicators and we're passionate about making the complicated seem straightforward. But we don't know everything there is to know about pensions. That's why we're using this podcast to learn alongside you. We'll go back to basics to help you get to grips with your civil service pension and make more informed choices about your financial future. In every episode, we'll be chatting to expert guests and members of the scheme to find out how to get the most out of your pension and why it's one of the best in the UK public sector. Today, we're talking about why you should care about your pension in your 20s and 30s. It's a really good question. So with us today to talk about that are Catherine Murray, Training and Engagement Manager at MyCSP, and James, a civil servant who happens to be in his 30s. Hello, everyone, and welcome. James and Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Um, So to get us started, perhaps you could both start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. So Catherine, we'll start with you. Thanks, Rob. Hi, everyone. So yeah, my name's Catherine and I'm the training and engagement manager at my CSP. So that means that my team and I are responsible for hosting lots of sessions for members to help them better understand their pension benefits. We do a thing called Pension Power, which they can attend at any time during their career, which just gives them the basics of the scheme. Or we also support members close to retirement with things like pre-retirement seminars as well. So just guiding people through what people often see as the thorny world of pensions. So definitely got the right guest for our resident expert, James. Hi, I'm James. I'm 32. I live in Liverpool. I work in the civil service in the Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sports, or DCMS. Love an acronym in the civil service. Uh, And I work as a policy advisor there where I give advice uh, and provide briefings to ministers. Been there for about a year. Prior to that, I worked in a a different government department. So I've been in the civil service for about four years now. But I would say I'm not uh, an expert at all on my pension. Uh, I I know it's there and I know it's a good thing to have. But beyond that, I don't know too much. So really looking forward to learning a bit more today. That's great. I think that also makes you a perfect guest from that perspective as well. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it would be great to kind of start with you, James, if that's okay. So obviously, as you just mentioned, you know, you're in your 30s. Is it fair to say that like your pension isn't really at the top of your priority list right now? Yeah, I think that is certainly fair. It's one of those things that it feels like it's a long way off. I would say it feels like it's a bit more on my mind now than it did 10 years ago. I think when I was in my early 20s, I didn't consider it at all. It felt completely distant. I was still a student as well, so I suppose I wasn't earning money. So it wasn't something that I was you know, paying into at that stage. But I do think, yeah, it's certainly not at the top of my list, but it's something that I think is starting to kind of creep into my mind a bit that it's something I should be thinking about a bit more. Can I ask, was it something that attracted you to the role in the civil service or was it not? Did you not see it as a benefit, you know, when it come to, came to looking at the salary and all those other things that made you choose to, to take that role? Yeah, to, to be honest, when I originally um, applied for my first job at the civil service, I was just looking for a job more or less full stop and saw this one and thought it looked really interesting. And I was aware that the civil service offered, or I'd heard offered a good pension, but it wasn't something that I'd looked into. And it wasn't something that, you know, I, I didn't know particularly why it was good or anything like that. It's just something I was kind of loosely aware of. So it wasn't a deciding factor, no, but it was something that I thought like, oh, you know, that would be, could potentially be a nice bonus of working there. 
So you mentioned that you've in recent years like started to think that maybe the pension might be a little bit more important. I've heard that you are about to become a dad. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a very exciting time. Has that, do you think that might have had a, an, an influence on that sort of slight shift in your thinking at all? Yes, I think so. Um, I think it's one of those things that just makes you think about the future a lot more and w- what you'll be doing in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years and so on and, and kind of how you might like to see your life progressing a bit. So I think not just pension, but just general finances, I suppose, um, is something that I've started to think about a bit more. And that's certainly a factor because obviously I want to be able to do things with my child <laughs> when it comes uh, and be able to support them. And then, you know, when I'm older, you know, I want to be in a position where I'm kind of comfortable as well. So kind of all this comes together, I guess. How long How long have you got left to wait until you get to meet your child for the first time? Well, it's due in mid-November. So I think we're about half, just over halfway through the pregnancy, actually. So, so you've got through like the, already, initial, wow. the initial terror sort of phase. <laughs> now, okay, look, I, I went into the practical mode when we found out we were having kids. I was like, right. We need a bigger car. <laughs> we need to get up a sat or something like that. Loads of boot space in it. We went round car garages with the tape measure, <laughs> measuring boots. I think that's what happens though when you when you go through that kind of like change in your life. You start for some people it might trigger them to think more about the future straight away, or it might make them focus more on the here and now, which I know we've already kind of touched on in like other episodes. And I know we've already kind of touched on that from like your perspective, James, but. Um, Catherine, why else do you think people at that stage of their lives aren't really thinking about that part of their future just yet? I think it's because pension to most people, when you think of that, all you think of is retirement. And so that means you're older. It's not something that's any part of your life right now. Therefore, it's not something you think about whatsoever. But, you know, we're trying to get away from that and the perception that you shouldn't think about retirement until you get there it's just wrong because by then you've got no time to actually put any effort into it and think about it in any way differently and sort of plan for what it is that you're looking for so it's really important to get involved with your pension as soon as possible it's not going to be your number one priority right now especially with family on the way and everything else that's going on in your life but it's still something that requires some thought and bearing in mind you know it is the biggest benefit for a lot of people in addition to your salary I'm sure you spend time outside of work thinking about your salary you should also spend some of that time thinking about your pension as well that's a really good point I guess as well you probably come across in in your role with the training team at my CSP there's probably a lot of a lot of people who come to you kind of seeking like a a plain English explanation of pensions and things like that Absolutely. And that's really what we're here for. You know, I think people just put up this kind of mental block with pensions. They just say, I don't understand it. And then they don't try to understand it. And so what we try and do is put it in as simple terms as possible. It just isn't that complex. It can be simplified. It can all make really good sense. And once you get to that point and you understand it, then it's really easy to think about what your next steps are and plan what you can do for the future. James, does that sort of chime with your experience, that kind of mental block? You know, it's really complicated. I'm sure it's fine. I'll just leave it and hope it's okay. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely thought it's complicated, but not taken steps to to really look into how complicated it is or if indeed it is complicated. And maybe that's just a bit of a a myth. But yeah, I think certainly that it feels far away is, is kind of 
there's always something else, I suppose, that kind of grabs your attention is, and is more immediate. I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose because it is so far away, there's absolutely no urgency to think about it or do anything about it. You know, when you think about something that's like 30 or 40 years away, it's like, well, I'll just deal with it later. Or, you know, I've got a kid yeah. on the way. I've got to think about prams and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just not urgent, is it? But I suppose, Catherine, I know like you've got a story about when you did all your pension planning and it, it is something that you can kind of almost set and forget, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I'll say, you know, I now I've worked in pensions for quite a long time, so I've got a good grip on it. But when I started working in pensions, I think I just turned 28 and I had never given my pension. I didn't have a pension until that point. I'd never given it any kind of second thought. Whereas now me and my partner also works in pensions, so we are self-confessed pensions nerds and we know lots of things about <laughs> it but that means that I'm at a point now where I'm in my early 40s and I'm already planning for my retirement I have a retirement goal in mind I know what that means in terms of retirement age and the income that I think I'd need to live the kind of retirement I want to live which for me involves quite a lot of travel and probably not being in the UK anymore but we've got that plan and it's all been made and it's still almost 20 years into the future but it's there and it's ready and I've got that goal in mind and that, you know, is really sort of keeps me going. And I think it relates well to tell that to other people as well, that, you know, it is a long way off and people seem amazed that I've done that and I've made that plan, but it's not a complicated plan. You know, it just involves looking at what the picture is um, and then taking some steps to get to the level where I want to be. So for me, for example, I've started paying extra into my pension from this year because I can afford to do that at this stage in my life. And that's gonna aid me in that retirement plan that I have. So I can go earlier than the age that I might expect to. I mean, that feels quite rare to like speak to someone who's got a plan for 20 years in the future. Mm. You know, I suppose, you know, you know, it, it, it's necessarily not as detailed as perhaps a three or a five year plan might be. You know, you said, oh, I'm thinking about maybe doing a bit of travel, but you don't really know where and it doesn't really matter. It's just that's what kind of you want to do, isn't it? And I suppose that's the point when it comes to planning that far ahead. It doesn't have to be it's fully detailed, you know, full mapped out plan of what you're going to do every day of the week. But it's just an idea of how you might want to feel and the sort of things that you might want to give yourself the opportunity to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not working anymore sounds quite good to me really but not working and not having the money to do the things that I want to do when I actually don't have to work anymore isn't as attractive as the idea of being able to actually do all those things I've had to put off because I can't take six weeks off and travel around Southeast Asia or whatever it might be but I'll do that when I'm in my 60s because I can and that's what I want to do and you know it's I'm really looking forward to it already. And it's, yeah. you know, and those years that there are to go until I get there, you say that it's a long way off, but it's it is getting closer all the time. You know how time flies, you know, you have babies and then all of a sudden they're growing up and all those kind of things. So it does come round a lot quicker than you think that it will. So, you know, just giving that extra little bit of thought towards it can go a long way to making a big difference a long way into the future. I suppose without kind of doom mongering too much, like the alternative is getting to a point where you've actually got no choice but to stay in work for longer, know, for longer because you haven't, you know, got the retirement income available to you to be able to retire sooner. Yeah. How can you plan for a retirement if you haven't got any kind of idea what the money is going to look like when you get there? So... During lockdown, my family were doing big quizzes all the time. One of the things that I, 
I asked the question because my pension nerd was how much is the state pension? And my parents knew straight away, but my brother and sister who are both quite a bit older than me took a guess and they had no idea what that number was. And they guessed figures significantly more than what the state pension actually is, like double what the what state, state pension, pension is. It's about £9,000 a year at the moment if you've got the full 35 years worth of NI contributions. Do you think you could live on that, James? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I was also going to ask what it is because I, I, I did have no idea. Really. Yeah, and you know, and a lot of people don't, and and that's fair enough. But it's just all putting all those pieces of the jigsaw together to plan for that retirement, and just having a, you know, it's just having a little bit of knowledge. You don't have to have a lot of knowledge. You don't have to have a detailed plan, but it's just knowing what's out there. You know, you get a lot of people who I think will assume they'll get the full state pension, but that's going to depend on you know, their work history and if people have worked overseas and things, for example, that might impact what they're going to get. So there's lots of different factors that can influence what it's going to be when you get there. So some people might assume they're going to get more than they're going to get. And then you have people who just don't actually know what it is in the first place to know what they can expect. So putting that alongside a civil service pension, which, you know, it is, it's a very good pension. That's what people say. But you need to know what that actually means in monetary terms to see what that's going to look like against the lifestyle you want to lead when you get there. That's all really interesting. I just want to come back to a point that you made, Catherine, um, a minute ago about retirement probably feels really far away and the idea of leaving work behind completely probably, you know, sounds great. But I wonder if people maybe underestimate the psychological effect of that. You know, you're not going to be working ever again if you don't choose to and I know that um Linda who we spoke to on the retirement episode was talking about you know a lot of people kind of go into retirement feeling a bit unprepared from that aspect so yeah 100 percent. and it's you know I think it is all about about having that retirement plan we speak to a lot of people now who do feel like it's going to be sort of too much of a wrench to leave work behind 100 percent. and one of the great things there is in the civil services partial retirement where you sort of ease into retirement so you can access some or all of your pension but keep working at the same time and that allows you to kind of downshift and take it on a more gradual basis which I think helps a lot of people with that transition if that's what they need on the other hand you've got the people who are really keen to leave things behind because they do have all of those things that they're looking forward to doing in retirement they haven't been able to do so far and so they've got a lot of things there ready so they can move on to sort of the next stage of their life. So it's just all about, you know, there's so many things I wish I could do all of the time that I just don't ever have the time to do because I'm at work such a huge portion of the week. So, you know, it just sounds like a dream to me, really, to be able to fully retire and do all of those things, albeit, you know, however many years away it might be. So James, like hearing Catherine talking about that and hearing her talk about how she's like so kind of, organized and planned around her retirement does that does that give you like maybe a bit of pause for thought in terms of where you are and and how you might think about your future yeah it certainly does I was just as you were saying that thinking about um my parents and my wife's parents who recently who retired during lockdown and since lockdown's lifted they're both out doing stuff all the time and I was sort of thinking oh I want to be doing stuff all the time exactly, but obviously exactly. doing nice things costs money doesn't it and so yeah I guess that need to make a bit of a plan I suppose and, and start thinking ahead for for when that comes seems really important yeah and I guess I guess you know it doesn't have to be like detailed 
you know it could just be like you've just really well articulated i want to feel like that i want to just be able to make a decision to wake up one morning and go to alton towers or something like that and as you say those things cost money <laughs> so it's not necessarily about you know you don't have to be as precise as Catherine um, in terms of what you want to do with your time. It's just about how you want to feel about choices that you've got and how you spend that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I certainly hope I'm wanting to go to Alton Towers as well. Spontaneous trip. Yeah. I'm terrified of Royal I wonder if, and I guess this is probably a question for, for both of you really, do you think there's a bit of a maybe a bit of a stigma amongst kind of people in those age ranges in you know in their 20s and 30s maybe they're almost thinking like well if I'm looking forward to retirement already I must you know not be enjoying my job and I wonder if there's a bit of a social pressure in at the moment I know I felt it sometimes that you know you should always be doing a job that you really love and actually you know maybe that's not the case I think there is a bit of a stigma definitely people think you just don't need again people you don't think you don't need to think about your pension until point of retirement and so why on earth would you think about it and it it used to really wind me up delivering face-to-face training sessions and every time someone walked in the room who was young someone who was older would say what are you doing here there's you don't need to think about your pension yet and I'd always chime in with it's never too early you start planning Mm. and it might actually be the earlier you start to plan might mean the earlier you get to retire when you get there and that doesn't mean that you don't love your job it just means that you've got foresight and you're forward planning and that's really important so it's it's nothing to do with you know I'm on a countdown to retirement it's just that I do want to enjoy my life and work doesn't have to be everything that I am I'm going to do something else and enjoy my own time when I can that's what retirement's for and I feel like we can't emphasize that point enough can we that like your pension's going to be possibly your only source of income when you retire that's what you're going to have to live off and now the benefit of the civil service scheme um and it's probably worth us actually reiterating this with james here is that you don't have to worry about running out of money because you'll get that payment every year until you die no matter how long that you live and there are other types of scheme where it's finite and and you you maybe do have to consider that but you have to make sure that you're taking that into consideration. It's also worth noting that the, the, the scheme that you're in, the alpha scheme, there's not many schemes like that because mm-hmm. they're so expensive for employers to offer because effectively if you were to live for 50 years in retirement, you would still always get that, that income that every month mm-hmm. until the point that you die. Whereas with what's called a defined contribution scheme, which is more common, there's a pot of money and that will run out eventually. So you just mm. got to hope you don't live long enough for that to happen. Mm. <laughs> so it's there's, kind of a different, you know, vibe yeah. associated yeah. with both of those. There's <laughs> a lot, a lot more, a lot more planning has to go into that kind of defined contribution scheme to make mm. sure you've got enough money to see you through. Whereas with our civil service pension, it is much more simple because you've got a defined income that you're definitely going to get back mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And another key thing to point out there as well, with it being so generous, is. The likelihood is within two or three years of retiring, you'll get back every penny that you've paid in and the rest of your retirement is all paid for by the really generous employer contribution. So from that perspective, that's one of the ways where we can say it is a really good pension to have the civil service pension because effectively a lot of your retirement's kind of free. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think the other thing that's worth pointing out, and it might be good to get your perspective on this, James, um, is 
you know, you, we, we talked a little bit here about sort of stigma and the stigma around sort of retirement planning as a as a young person. How much of that do you think comes from like, you know, our the way we're conditioned to think about our job as mm-hmm. being like an inherent part of our identity? You know, when you introduce yourself and you meet someone for the first time, we've done it today. You know, hi, I'm Rob and I work for my CSP. You know, that's the first thing I say. I don't say, hi, I'm Rob and I like basketball. You know, that's kind of not what we what we do. And even when we think about the future, think about job interviews, where do you see yourself in five years? And the answer to that question is always to do with work. Does that kind of, am I making that up or does that, <laughs> does that chime with your experience? Yeah, no, I think that, that definitely rings true. I suppose, yeah, I guess we live in a world where, yeah, having a job um you get there's a certain status with that i suppose isn't there um like what you do says something about you and who you are and i suppose yeah thinking about retirement you're kind of getting rid of that part of your identity perhaps and that can perhaps be a bit of a, a scary thing to do i think it's also maybe a bit of a, a difficulty for for some people of just thinking that far ahead and i think particularly with things like the cost of living and all this, the thought of putting money aside for the future when people are maybe struggling a bit at the moment is kind of a bit of a hard thing to to get your head around or, or it's not a priority that, that's that's at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, when you're making a decision between turning on the light or eating your dinner, you know, because of the financial implications of that, the thought of saving for the future is pretty far from your mind, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's understandable. The the obvious question I feel like that's coming to me at the moment is, you know, I'm someone who's, who's I'm in my 30s as of April this year. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I've, I don't think I would know where to start in terms of planning for that part of my future. Where, Catherine, where would you say someone in their 20s and 30s might might start to, what what can they do to start thinking about that? I think the first thing to do would be just to have a better understanding of the pension scheme that you contribute to. So as a member of the civil service pension scheme, for us I'd say attending one of our pension power webinars would be a really good start because that just gives you a one hour introduction to what the scheme actually means, what the benefits of it are. And that gives you some prompts and some things to think about. And one of the things it'll point you to is your annual benefit statement which shows how much pension you've built up so far. And then also there's our retirement modeler tool, which then lets you project and see what your pension would actually look like if you kept working in the civil service until different retirement ages. And from there, that then gives you a good idea of, well, this is what my income might look like in retirement. So what does that look like in line with what I think my plans might be at that time? So it'll give you a really good place to start from. And that's that's what I've done with my plan. I've used that modeler and said, this is what it looks like. This is what it's expected to be. Is that enough? Or then do I want to think about doing something additionally on top of that? Do I want to think about investing something extra? Do I want to think about trying to get a pay rise to make that pension grow at a faster rate? All those different kind of things that, that can influence what it looks like when you do get to retirement. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess it, the civil servants are quite lucky in that they've got a wealth of of training and it's it's all you can find out more about that on the on the civil service pension scheme.org.uk website uh, in relation to that well knowing i was coming here last night i looked at my pension on i like logged in i had to get reminders on what my password was and all that um but i had to look at that projector thing where it looks at you know how much you you might take home when you retire and you can change the age on it and it was a really useful and quite interesting thing to look at because it kind of put it a bit in perspective and 
the, the kind of amount that I'm expected to get when I'm 65, 68 or whatever it is, seems like an okay amount. But then I thought, well, I don't know if that accounts for like inflation or am I still going to be paying off a mortgage? You know, that's a really useful starting point, but that kind of made me think of a lot of other questions that probably it would be good to talk to someone like yourself or, you know, to get more information about, you know, what does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for information, yeah, the model is all in today's terms. So obviously we can't predict what inflation is going to look like in the future. Same way we can't predict any future salary rises and things like that. So obviously it might look quite a lot different by the time you get there. It also assumes you're going to keep working in the civil service until retirement, which may not be the case as well. So, you know, it, it could look a lot different, but at least it gives you that really strong starting point to be able to say well you know this is a potential this is what it might looks like and it can then trigger all of those other thoughts that you have and which is really good that's what we want it to do to kind of just make you think about things and get a more full picture of what mm. your retirement might look like when you get there but i suppose there is a practical side to like that sort of question or to be able to answer in that question which is you know you think about what your outgoings are now you know like that's a really probably a really good starting point i would have thought Catherine, what would you say? Yeah, 100%. You know, could you live on it now is a really good a good question. And then thinking about, you know, if you have got a mortgage, what's the term of it? And when will you be finished with that? Or do you rent and do you think you'll still be renting in the future? Do you have children? And if so, you know, what age will you be when they kind of reach an age where they might not be financially dependent anymore, though people tell me that actually never happens and they're just yeah. dependent on you forever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, all those kind of things. But then also by the time you get there, yeah, your kids might have grown up, but will they have kids? And mm. is that all then going to be, you know, you, you, there's no way you can predict what it's going to look like in the future 100%, but you can certainly put the the loose beginnings of a plan together around the information that you can gain from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I suppose, you know, that retirement model has been, you know, it's really interesting to hear about, you know, your, how it made you feel when you used it because of where you are in terms of your proximity to retirement. Mm. So for you, it's been something that's got you thinking and got the cogs wearing and got you engaged with your pension, which is great. I think when you get closer to retirement, when we speak to people who are closer to retirement, it becomes a much more practical tool in their sort of journey towards making a decision to actually retire. Because obviously the closer you are, the more accurate of a representation it's going to be of, of what you're going to get. Yeah, definitely. So James, mm -hmm. compared to where we were when we started this episode, how, how are you feeling now about your financial future? <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel... I actually feel a bit enthused, I think, to to look into it more because I think it seems, it does feel a bit like a scary thing. And, you know, earlier, I think Rob, you said, you know, when you die and, you know, stuff like that. And that's obviously not things you want to think about, but it is important. And also it it's probably not that hard actually to start to build a bit of a picture about what it's going to look like. Um, and, and maybe if I want you know, to have more money basically when I retire, what do I need to do? Because I probably start, need to start thinking about that now, what I'm doing with my money in terms of savings or you know, jobs, career progression and so on. So yeah, it's been really good to chat about it and kind of, yeah, enthusing, I think. Great, mission accomplished. <laughs> it's good <laughs> and, yeah, to hear. And congratulations on becoming a dad. It's the really I know, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs>
Thanks, James and Catherine, for joining us today. And hopefully you've helped to inspire some of our younger members and listeners to, to start their retirement planning now. It's been great having you. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me along. It's been really interesting. Thanks for having me. It's been great to be here. I'd love to take any opportunity to talk about pensions. If you want to find out more about any of the topics that we've talked about in this episode, or if you want to suggest something that you'd like us to, to talk about in future, you can head to civilservicepensionscheme.org.uk slash podcast. And make sure to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. And you can also leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.